All right, welcome everyone. This is the very first episode of the Army of Smartness. I am your co-host, Ryan Purvis, and with me as always, well, I say always, this is the first one. Maybe it's always. Maybe we'll see how it turns way. out. We'll see how it goes. Uh, is Mr. J.D. Blevins. J.D., how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Ryan. Thank you for having me here in the palatial studios of uh, Purvis Manor. Yeah, palatial is putting it uh, very generous. Uh, we're in the process of, uh, well, living. Uh, that's just how I live. I, uh, it has a very lived-in feel, yeah, which I, I it, think it, is nice. It's, it's definitely just, uh, just a place where I rest my hat as well as all the rest of my crap, uh, which is tends to be a lot it's conducive to conversation i think that's what we want here we want a free-flowing dialogue oh, so, pl- plenty hey. to talk about uh, to uh, talk. this week yeah we picked a good week for it oh we not? absolutely this well, is something we've been talking about for a while now and hey <laughs> the iron appears to be pretty hot here exactly you know we this is a a hotbed of entertainment uh this is uh for those of you that are just joining us don't know us maybe you do know us whatever uh I'm actually an attorney here in the Savannah area, as well as JD. Uh, so we're uh, we're here. We're two wrestling fans, and so we figured, hey, everybody wants to hear our opinions. Absolutely, we, we certainly do. Uh, they've been just been clamoring for it. We got to give the people what they want, JD. Well, as I told you in, in the text message that kind of got this ball rolling, at least on my end, what the podcast space needs really is another wrestling podcast, specifically from two people completely unaffiliated with wrestling. Exactly. Entirely unqualified. We, they to talk need about it. more opinions, more either popular or unpopular, more opinions need to be heard. So that's what we're here to do. Uh, we're here to have fun and. Uh, Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. JD, anything happened uh, this week or the past few yeah, weeks in wrestling? I've or? heard a couple things. Uh, some unsubstantiated reports have come out that uh, uh, I don't know if this is a name you're familiar with. Vincent McMahon. This is Vincent Kennedy McMahon, not not the uh, prior. Well, Vincent it would be something J. if it were the other one. Well, you know that would be newsworthy too. Yes, but here we are. Seeing um, how he's dead. Well, they're all yeah. That. Uh, <clears throat> Just uh, Vince Kennedy's career appears to be dead at this point because of uh, some allegations of hush money having been paid to various, shall we say, mistresses um, over the past, just the handful, last handful of decades. <laughs> um, and initially, the, the kind of response that I had, and I think you had and a lot of people have, was, well, okay, if, he, it's paying, if this money's being paid out of his pocket, it's his business and Linda's right. and none of ours. But... As we, uh, as was reported, I believe in the Wall Street Journal uh, over the past week, uh, there have been "quote unquote" unrecorded expenses to the tune of fourteen point six million dollars uh, in the sixteen-year period between two thousand six and twenty twenty-two. Yes, that's company money. That's uh, <clears throat> that's your problem right there. Yeah, and for those of you that do not know what's going on, uh, long story short, Vince McMahon, who's uh, owned the WWE since nineteen eighty-two, has been there for well over 40 years, uh, has been accused of sexual misconduct. Uh, I guess it it's uh, it's important to note that he has not been accused of a crime. Uh, Correct. But he has, Correct. initially when this came out, there were a number of uh, women that said that they were paid uh, hush money to keep their extramarital affair on the low. Uh, and they uh, they managed to do so for quite a while. Uh, but... Uh, and, some Apparently, more successfully than others. Some more successfully than others. Um, and they 
coming out of this, it's uh, it's just become a complete crap storm for Mr. McMahon. Uh, his, this is uh, his actual life is WWE. He doesn't really have much of a life out of it, and so he's being forced out. Uh, he says he's retiring, but we all know that that's not necessarily the truth. Well, uh, resign in disgrace doesn't look as good in a tweet, and you got a character limit you got to worry about there. Um, but yeah, I mean. And we'll talk about this later on in, in a different context, but this is the best he's going to be able to do to quote unquote kind of call his own shot and go out on his own terms. This is as close as he's going to get at this point. Um, and, you know, it's no matter what you think of the, the situation or his decisions, it's it's a seismic change in, in the world of, uh, of sports entertainment, which that may, hey, maybe that term goes away now. We'll <laughs> talk about that as well. But in the professional wrestling, Landscape. I mean, I, this is certainly the biggest move of my lifetime. Yeah, and as Jay Z, uh, excuse me, JD's uh, touched on earlier. Initially, when this came out, he was saying that the uh, the money that was paid to these uh, women was actually out of his pocket. Uh, it has now come out within the last day or so. That this is actually company money that was uh, spent. Uh, to the tune of, like J.D. said, over $14 million. Uh, and that is what we know so far. Uh, as, you know, as time comes on and, and things move forward, there may be more. And there's a part of me that thinks that there is more. Yeah. Uh, there's a big you gotta part wonder, of me that thinks more. you got to wonder what other shoe or shoes may still drop here. Like, they're, you know, do this now before it gets real bad yeah. uh, and, you know, tanks the stock. Uh, because that's got to be a primary concern. That was me. Okay. Something under here. Gotcha. I apologize. Well, so not only has this come out about Vince and, and the media, but there's there's been a number of other stories that have come out, and, and one of which was uh, Miss uh, Ashley Massaro. She was a uh, she was a talent, uh, i.e., a wrestler back in. Uh, when did she leave? It was, it was 2008, 2009, somewhere, that ballpark? somewhere around that, there. Yeah. I don't remember right off the top. Is they were still called divas at the time? I can tell you that. This yeah, they were prior, still... well prior to the women's revolution that would come along later. I'm gonna smartphones. We no longer have to live in ignorance, so I'm going to double check on that. Yeah. So Ashley Massero, who at the time was dating Paul London, Paul London went 2008. on to 2008 when she left. Yeah. Uh, Paul London, who was uh, her boyfriend at the time. Uh, this was he stated just recently on Renee Dupree's podcast that he remembers specifically many times that she would come crying to him because Vince was propositioning her to fly on the jet with them, like uh, Kevin Dunn, who he uh, referred to as Bucktooth Bucky. Yeah, uh, it's a popular one. I think Cornette's uh, <laughs> yeah. popularized that one as well. Uh, Bucky Beaver. Bucky Beaver. Uh, Bucktooth Bucky would guy. be telling her that uh, she has to fly on the jet with them. Uh, they'd always put the divas up at a TV hotel or whatever, and you know, uh, he'd been knocking on her door and he trying to get her whom? to answer. Uh, it's just like uh, he he was just shocked that this stuff was uh, just now coming out about Vince. Apparently, it's been out there for a minute, uh, and he says he's not shocked at all. Uh, so I, you know, it is. If that is true, now, you know, take that with a grain of salt. We don't know. Uh, the only person that could actually verify that uh, is Miss Macero. She unfortunately uh, committed suicide a couple of years ago. Obviously, she did not say a whole lot about it then. Uh, 
and we have no way of verifying that. But I think that this is just sort of indicative of the stories that are going to come out. Uh, so the question is, is this really the tip of the iceberg, or is this mostly it? I don't even think it's the tip of the iceberg. No, I think it's probably just the first couple drops in the bucket there, and it's just a drop in the bucket. I hate to say it that way. Uh, I don't want to sound callous. But I'll say this. I haven't heard uh, Renee's podcast. I didn't know it existed until you sent me the materials that uh, Paul Lennon had spoken on it uh, to check it out. But my question then would be, then Paul, if you knew about this, where, you know, where, where were you? Um, I, I, again, as you said, take it with a grain of salt because a he's person he was personally involved with Miss Massaro, and at the same time, he had a bit of a rocky relationship with the company as well. Uh, start and stop pushes with him and the Brian Kendrick. Um, if you'll recall, as tag team champions, were, I've really enjoyed their work. Um, but there was the infamous, you know, when Vince, Mr. McMahon, pardon me, the character was blown up in the limousine. Uh, you know, there was the infamous anecdote of Paul Lennon being reprimanded for smiling or laughing, something like of that nature, um, during Vince's somber walk out to the to the limo. It could entirely be uh, nothing to it. That could very well be the the case. But uh, to your point, I don't think we can dismiss it out of hand now. Now, now that we know that what we think we know, or what's been alleged and reported, um, you can't just say it didn't happen. Exactly. You can't. Uh, you can't say it didn't. You can't say it did. But you can say that it's definitely out there now, and it's definitely out in the press. Uh, now. The interesting part, I say interesting, but an interesting part about this. So many. Is that the man who for 40 years has been in charge of the creative of the business, who's been in charge of the day-to-day operations of the business. Every aspect. I mean, it's not like he is phasing out. He's done. It's an abrupt change within a month, basically. He, uh, He is not... You could make the argument that maybe Nick Khan has sort of moved in over the years and and done uh, moved into sort of the day to day operations. But there, prior to this, there was no mistake. This was Vince McMahon's company, and that's it. This was his baby. This was his life. Um, exactly. As you pointed out earlier, he's not a man known to uh, have a lot of other interests or hobbies. Uh, not exactly a Renaissance man in that regard. And the abruptness of the change does beg the question where do we go from here we're hearing some names now triple h paul levec uh since he's not going to be in character presumably doing this is currently slated to be the head of both talent relations and creative i feel like maybe that's too big of an ask well the i actually wonder if they call him triple h or paul there i don't know you know what might be a time to visit the old wwe corporate and that could tell us well i i know that on the, the board of uh, the board of directors list it, it's Paul Levesque. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm curious as to what do people in the office call him. Uh, <laughs> I would I would think that Bruce would be tempted to call him Triple H. Oh yeah, and Hunter. I was gonna say if you're if you are part of the wrestling side of the business, I'm sure you call him Hunter or, or Triple H. If you're just it's a bad example, I guess, but under the circumstances, if you're a paralegal working in the office, you probably call him <laughs> Paul or Mr. Levesque. Cause I, you know, I, I, the story has always gone around that wrestlers refer to each other by how they were first introduced to each other. So, hence, you get, you know, um, Cornette always calls 
McFoley catch Jack because that's how he first met him. That's how he was first introduced to him. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know that there are many folks who call Mark Calloway, you know, mean Mark or anything. I think that sometimes that gets superseded by Undertaker or, or whomever. But my guess is, and I, again, entirely unqualified to do this and have no inside knowledge, but if you're on the business side, probably Paul. If you're on the, you know, in quote unquote in the business, probably Hunter or Triple H. Yeah. So obviously you got Triple H who has now moved into the creative part. So over the past year or so, they have, uh, Triple H has had some health issues. So they've mm-hmm. actually actively moved. It, it, it appears to me they've actually moved actively to get away from the creative that he had. I mean, NXT completely changed the NXT 2.0. Uh, NXT Woodstock, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I like that, the color rush. Yeah, NXT, it, co- the color rush jerseys. Yeah, basically, it's it's <clears throat> nowhere near what it what it was before. Um, they now, so you're you're you're, as I'm assuming, going to transition back into what it was. Uh, you're going to p- perhaps be reaching back out to those indies uh, that were cut, the Johnny Garganos, those types of people. Maybe they come back in. Uh, if they bi- if they build a reputation out on the Indies, Triple H had no problem bringing them in sure. uh, because they moved the needle. Uh, they were ent- entertaining to watch, and he didn't really care about owning their name. Now that uh, you know, now that Triple H at that point in time had left, I think the main concern that Vince had was they could come in, make a name for themselves, and then leave, and they would be maybe not set for life, but they'd be set for the next few years off of that. Uh, Vince wants to own the name. Uh, Even the big names that uh, were in other industries, like back in the, or not other industries, but other promotions back in the day, he would still rename them. I mean, Kerry Von Von Erich was the Texas Tornado. Yeah. Uh, And and then he would phase out the Kerry Von Erich name, and it would be just the Texas, because I believe he originally came in as, the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich, and then they started to phase out the Von Erich exactly. portion. He became just uh, the Texas Tornado. It uh, and that and that's pro- probably part of Vince's vision. There, he's much more of a visionary. He sees uh, owning the name mm-hmm. uh, to be so so important in this business, and he's he's got a he's got a point. He's not wrong about that. Yeah, but it's also. On the flip side of these other guys, hey, nobody would have known of, uh, you know, Jake the Snake Roberts or mm-hmm. anything without Jake. Right. Uh, nobody would have known about Hulk Hogan without Hulk. Right. Uh, but then again, nobody would have known of Hulk Hogan or Jake without Vince. Certainly. Uh, well, not to the level that they were known. I mean, obviously, they both had prior careers, and uh, Hogan in particular was getting getting there in the AWA, but that was a limited footprint as I think we may discuss a little bit later or or perhaps in a separate episode. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's hard to tell where the influence of the performer versus the influence of Vince McMahon, where do these begin and end? They're all kind of commingled at this point after all these years. Um, But to your point about NXT and, and Mr. Paul Levesque now being in charge of creative, a lot of people are very happy about uh, a potential resurgence of the NXT style booking on the main roster, which is great. I think it could be, and I'm, I'm optimistic myself. And I'll tell you, actually, the thing that made me the most optimistic, not to go into a whole review of Raw, 
But when Raw opened last night, as we record this, with a brawl in the middle of the ring, no introduction, nothing. That, how Nitro used to open back in the day. Uh, I was very heartened by that because as soon as I heard Triple H in creative, I was like, oh, God, please don't start every episode <laughs> with a 20- or 30-minute promo like happened for years. Seemingly. I am the game. Yeah, either him or Stephanie or both or whomever it might be. Oh, that was dreadful. Well, so Wrestling News was reporting earlier today that actually last night's episode of Raw was largely written by Vince. Okay. Uh, so I don't know how this so is. So this is yet is what you're telling me. And I, I think it may have actually been Meltzer that reported that, Dave okay. Meltzer. So, you know. We well, would certainly have more access to know that than we do. Well, yeah, I would I would certainly say so. A lot of people have mixed feelings about Mr. Meltzer. I happen to think that he's pretty spot on most of the time. Uh, not uh, I don't I don't follow the FDM uh, logic, but uh, no, I, I think I, that's um, I think anytime you're in a business and you see someone as a hanger on to that business, there's a natural disdain, and honestly, you don't want secrets around the dinner table being told publicly and that's kind of the point of wrestling quote-unquote journalism whether it's tabloid or whatever um i think dave like everybody else is a mixed bag i think he gets some stuff wrong because plans can change he might have heard that might have been the truth as jerry jones of the dallas cowboy says when i said it i meant it exactly <laughs> plans change uh now if you are looking i think people put too much stock in what is his opinion Exactly. Uh, on the match ratings and stuff. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Form your own opinion. Five stars. Um, Would have been six in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> but back to the uh, the now the new changes to the World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, Stephanie and Nick Khan are now co-CEOs. Nick Khan. How's that going to work? Started in this business two years ago. Yeah. Uh, this has to be one of the fastest rises of any CEO in corporate America. I don't, yeah. I don't remember. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm off on something, but I, I do not remember somebody coming in and in two years taking over a company. No, I agree. And well, I mean, it's not like he moved from the mailroom to, to the C-suite in two years. I mean, he came in at a high level, but yeah, it just, the stars sort of aligned and, you know, when the whole history is written, maybe we'll find out who uh, might have leaked some of this well, information. It's funny that you mentioned that because I think that's how Stephanie got there. She she worked in the mailroom. Right. No, well, she, it, yeah. it was a foregone conclusion that she was going to be at the top, it, perhaps eventually. It's but. the same theory as making uh, Shane, you know, work on the ring crew and referee to start out. I mean, you see the business from the bottom up. You when humble it's your yourself. business. I mean, that's no different than any any walk of life, especially if it's a family company. You start at the bottom to see how it's done, whether that's in high school or, or college or what have you. And then, theoretically, you're ready to step into a bigger role. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's an interesting time. This is, uh, by far, this has got to be the biggest wrestling story as far as the corporate side of it ever. Well, certainly in my lifetime, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know I wasn't around for the formation of the NWA or the original uh, Hack and Smith and Gotch. World Heavyweight Championship match, but uh, I can't imagine being too much bigger than this for and, and making such a change that we've been all all been used to in what we've all been used to for decades. Uh, but I do question though, what two CEOs? That's that's an interesting that's an interesting move. I wonder 
how long that's going to remain in place. I mean, it makes me think of the episode of the Oscar, uh, of uh, the Office with Oscar talking about the popes or the two presidents. I mean, yeah, you know, how long can this really go? Well, I think perhaps in a lot of ways, Nick Khan, for the last two years, he's definitely handled the the corporate side of it. Right. He's been Vince's uh, right he, hand on the corporate he, side. And he does have a background in, in working with publicly traded companies. So, I mean, it's not like it's not like he just came into the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did have a background in corporate America, but he has absolutely no idea or no background whatsoever in the wrestling business. Right. Uh, his is more of the entertainment side. So I, I, I think that uh, – yeah, it's it's just gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, and let me again just circle back real quick to the uh, I've lost my own point about uh, Triple H being in creative now, and everybody's looking for a um, return of the NXT style booking on the main roster, which I which was great, I, but something I was thinking about there's a difference in doing one hour on, you know, start off on the network and then move to the U, to USA I believe uh, for a while. It may still be on there. I haven't watched NXT in forever, so I don't know. And, and but here's, I'm sorry. Go from ahead. One, no, just moving from one hour to five, six hours a week of, of programming. Will uh, Triple H be able, or will Vec be able to uh, transition to that? Obviously, he'll have a lot of help. Um, and I think Bischoff made a good point on his podcast earlier this week about you know there they're going to be a lot of creative people, writers included, um, that might benefit from a loosening of the the reins so to speak pun not intended there um yeah. yeah and let their creativity flow a little bit more freely well and one more thing that i do want to talk about before we move on is uh how this was hidden and how because presumably jerry mcdivitt was has always been vince's attorney he's been mm-hmm. vince's attorney since the beginning he's the one that I assume, probably pretty fairly, uh, that wrote these NDAs, that well, he's he been... did all of this. He had to know. I would assume that Jerry had to know where that money came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I would assume that, that you know, and this is in regular recourses as being a lawyer, uh, you're paid something into your trust account. Trust account is paid out to whoever the uh, the, the defendant is, or, or in this case it, it would be the uh, the uh, well, you wouldn't call him a defendant, but the the other party, the co-signatory, shall we yeah, say, the, the settlee, party of the second part, perhaps. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I, I, so the release I, or? so the if release Jerry or? McDivitt, if he what the release or of the claim, yeah. they're releasing their claim against uh, against Vince and agreeing to be bound by the. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, that's uh, not the point. That's S and E. Well, we don't need to get into all that. That sounds sounds like Vince is doing enough of that. (laughs) Um, But no, the the question to me comes up now because McDivitt has been both Vince's personal lawyer and legal counsel for WWE. Correct? Do I have that right? Well, yeah, but I mean, he was there. Conflict of interest to see if if Jerry McDivitt, if that money is coming from Vince or coming from the WWE, is what they said in in Mm -hmm. the Wall Street Journal. They would have to see that the check says WWE or corporate or Titan sports or well, whatever. There's got to be some sort of a shell company. And it's not, there, you know, eventually. it's, it, but, but, so, but my point is if McDivitt knows or should know of 
company money, the company he represents, if indeed he is actually corporate counsel for, for W, which I thought he was, I could be wrong. Um, but if he is knowingly or knows that this money is being used from one client to benefit his other client, Vince McMahon, in an improper fashion, I mean, that that's a conflict of interest, I would think. Would it, would, would it not be? I, I think it perhaps raises some ethical issues. I, mean, um, I could be wrong. I mean, now, we, don't, we don't know, yeah. but it's it, there's just certain things here that are just not really adding up. Uh, if if which, by the way, it appears that federal prosecutors in the SEC is looking into Vince McMahon on this. So yeah, so it's uh, not over for, for it's, Vince. It's, Vince no, is, Jerry Jerry's about to uh, Jerry's about to make some money. He's about to earn his money. He's about to earn his money. Um, <laughs> That's for sure. I'm a big fan of Jerry McMahon. No, listen, he's a rock star. I, 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 I mean, he's, he's the wonderful. He's I've, the haku of attorneys, right? Exactly. I mean, everybody exactly. talks about you what do a not badass want to F with him at all. So. I, yeah. I wouldn't do Hats it. Hats off to. I mean, he would know better than I would if that's a conflict of interest. I, I promise you, so, if I could take yeah. a year off and just learn from him, that, that, he's forgotten I, more than than we exactly. know. Exactly, uh, he's wonderful. But uh, anyway, so let's transition. You know, you talk about a guy that's been in the business forty years, fifty years, sixty years. We got to talk about the, the nature shovel. Rick Flair. Yes, styling, yes. profiling, and he will never retire. His uh, supposed last match, his third, Allegedly. I believe, last match. So far. Uh, He's not quite to the funk record yet, but we'll we'll get there. Well, his la- his new last match. Mm-hmm. His, late, his most recent last match. His new last match uh, is supposed to be this weekend. It's a tag team match uh, with him and his son-in-law really Andrade count? against uh, Jeff Jarrett and uh, Jay Lethal. It's going to take place in Nashville at StarCast uh, weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is a great event on its own, even I, without this. It's been a phenomenal. I, I'm really jealous. Uh, Conrad has made a – Conrad Thompson, Flair's son-in-law that he's not team, tag-teaming with in the match, um, it, it has done a tremendous job of creating that from scratch. I mean, yeah. that's – talk about an ascended fan right there. My God. Uh, the packages that they have put together, the video packages have been great. Uh, he's got the logo for Jim Crockett Promotions on it. Uh, yeah. Now, would I wonder intellectually proper intellectual property wise, did that not pass through in the sale from first from Crockett to Turner, then Turner to AOL, then AOL? The to Crockett Vince? family apparently owns Jim Crockett Promotions. Okay. This this logo, the intellectual property of the, yeah, the intellectual yeah. property of okay. it. I don't think. Well, clearly they don't own the video rights sure uh, the or, or if they did they licensed them to wwe um I, I i think that but again i think he's done a great job with it i think it's going to be a, a great thing to go see uh, but we have to have the conversation is that is this his last match well you know <clears throat> by my can you know, my, my reckoning, no, it's not. And even if it, even if he never wrestles again, it's not his last match. To me, his last match was against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. I have not, I did not watch any of his matches in TNA. Uh, not, I mean, God knows I have all the respect in the world for TNA for just being the cockroach of professional wrestling. I mean, absolutely unkillable. When by all accounts, it should have been dead a long time ago. So I'm not. It's not an anti-TNA stance. It's just. I wasn't watching TNA at that at that point, uh, so I didn't see it. Um, I will probably not be watching this one, simply because 
I want to leave, you know, WWE said it for years in their video packages, leave the memories alone. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep, uh, I'm going to keep the memory of the beautiful exit that he had in, I believe in Orlando, the second home of Space Mountain, if I'm not, <laughs> not, not uh, mistaken. Well, you know, I'm going to watch it. Uh, it's just because it's Rick. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like I've, I, I feel like we owe him that much personally. Uh, he's been in the business, like I said, 50 years. He's he's earned the right to go out whenever he wants to go out. I'll agree with that. Uh, the question is, I, <laughs> is he ever going to go out? I, I, do you I think, think he has so. a death wish? I don't want to get too morbid, but do you think he wants to die in the ring? Not necessarily he's going to die on Sunday, but, you know. <laughs> I think if he has his choice. <laughs> well, because from everything that you hear about Richard Fleer, the man, he's most comfortable between the ropes. He, he's most comfortable in the squared circle. Um, that's where he gets to be himself maybe I mean, the most. Let's not forget, you know, three, four years ago, this guy was on his deathbed in the hospital. Absolutely, which is why this is a sort of a surprising. The one time he kicks out, he kicks out in the hospital. Right. Yeah, well, th that's the thing. Um, you know, and we talked about it. We kind of broached it in passing, introducing the topic. But why? Why this? Why now? And I think my, one man's opinion is that he, if he had to do over again, he would have left it with that WrestleMania match, and that would have been his last match. I think for whatever reason, whether he got talked into it or whether he just had the itch. Excuse me. Flair is not a man necessarily known for tremendous impulse control. Um, in, in TNA, he, he got either got talked into it or he just got the itch to do it and had more matches, so that was not a proper send-off, really. I don't know that this is either, but – to your point, it's his, it's his right to call that. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not one of those people who says he needs money because you no, know, with he can make money now being just being Ric Flair. Um, so I don't think it's that. I don't think he's trying to help out either of his son-in-laws. They don't need his help. <laughs> you know, they're they're doing all right on their own. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's any of that. I think it's sort of a regret, if I had to guess, and speculate i guess i think he wants a do-over from tna yeah and do i think he can do better than what he did in tna yes i do think he can can uh, he now 10 years later i think he can he okay. can't do much worse uh well again i haven't seen him so I, I don't know what the quality of those matches were the only you absolutely know what the well, quality the only, of those matches well, were the only, even with, even if you didn't see them you know what they're like <laughs> well, they're overbooked. I can tell you that much. There's a gimmick on a gimmick on a gimmick. But, you know, it's just I, – I loved his work, his promo off with Jay Lethal. That was fantastic because Jay Lethal is a freaking Swiss Army knife. I mean, what can what can that guy not do, honestly? So um, – When I think that there's also a, a, a sort of an underling here of the TNA aspect of it, Jeff mm -hmm. Jarrett's in this. Jeff Jarrett was that's TNA was his baby. Mm -hmm. Rick's a little pissed off on how things ended with TNA. Which even I though, even though Jeff, Rick has said he he enjoyed his time in TNA, creatively it just didn't work for him. He was there to get a paycheck, and he says it. Right. He, he even apologized. He that. even apologized to Vince McMahon for it. That's how bad it was. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and his involvement with TNA was primarily after the Jarrett years. Am I am I right on that? It was after Hogan came in. Hogan and Bischoff. I think Jarrett was still part owner at the time, but I don't know that he was in charge of creative. I think okay. that that was when um, Dixie. Yeah, I think Dixie was, had was taking the reins by that. Well, point. he was a, 
a forced silent partner. Mm, a global uh, forced yeah, he, silent partner. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'd say uh, it made an impact on his life. Well, yeah. Hey. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that obviously there is a, a monetary aspect of this. I don't think Ric Flair is ever turning down a paycheck. Well, he's not doing it for free, certainly. <laughs> no, and – you see the way that they're monetizing the whole weekend and you know, oh, they're sure. monetizing him. They're monetizing everything. Uh, and that's what Conrad's good at doing. I was going to say, is anyone better at, I don't want to say shoehorning, but, but um, cushioning an event with all sorts of sub I mean, look at StarCast itself. It's a, it's a convention basically uh, around other pay-per-views, which is not new. I mean, Ring of Honor has been doing it for years, putting their wrestling shows around a, a WWE pay-per-view. Um, so I mean, that, that's not a new concept, but but Conrad may have mastered it. I, I agree. I don't think that there's too many people out there. I, I think that 10 years from now, people are going to look back at Conrad Thompson as really one of the guys that saved wrestling. Uh, I, I don't think that – and I think that there's so much that happens behind the scenes that we don't know about. I think, um, you, you know, yeah, you talk about um, – in history, the power behind the throne, you know, the power broker, he has the connections in all promotions to you know, just from being a fan and being a fairly high profile fan um, and well to do, obviously to have the resources to make that happen. Yeah. I think who got, you know, Pritchard back into, uh, into WWE. I think Conrad had no small part of that with his, with his podcast, whether he directly picked up the phone and said, Hey Vince, you need to hire Bruce back. Probably not, but he raised Bruce's profile to the point that he was able to come back. Same with Bischoff, same with Shivani, albeit in AEW, but same. same well, and, and not only that, and for those of you that don't know, we're, we're of course referring to Bruce Pritchard, who has the, uh, something to wrestle with podcast. Uh, now it's, uh, uh perhaps part-time, but, uh, it's a sideline. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, but anyways, uh, Bruce Prichard was basically not doing anything. He was broke. Uh, well, maybe not broke, but he yeah, wasn't. Yeah, I don't he know was good that far. I don't know. I hadn't seen his bank book. He wasn't. I'm uh, sure he's doing all right. Let's just put it to you this way. He's making a lot more money now. Oh, he's doing better now. So. Uh, he has seriously become one of the most powerful people in wrestling today, and it's due in no small part to Conrad Thompson. Uh, Conrad Thompson is a mortgage guy over in Alabama. If they're uh, he, listening to this podcast, they know who Conrad Thompson is. But I think it's important to note right now, uh, aside from a meet and greet, uh, you and I have neither neither of us have never met Conrad Thompson, nor is this sponsored by Ad Free Shows. As much no, as we apparently not. are kissing his ass right now, um, <laughs> we are not in any way affiliated uh, with with Mr. Thompson. Well, you know there We're are well. there are people that are just fans of us, JD. They don't know much about uh, those poor people. Yeah, those those poor souls. But anyways, Conrad Thompson is basically one of us, and in a lot of ways, he's kind of the reason that we're podcasting today yeah uh, that's true matter of fact that. i would say that he's a big reason uh, well but, that's just not that's, uh, that's not a that's not a weight that's joke come mean. on yeah I, I have no room to talk <laughs> like literally i'm about to die <laughs> <laughs> let's get through the podcast first all right well so, so that moving we, on more flair so that so we've uh, flair. so that we've covered flair we've covered vince well let's uh talk about the current Yes, I am. Uh, let me just give our, our listeners a little bit of background um, if they don't actually know us, which I can't imagine people who don't know us listen to this. But hey, maybe they will. Um, I am sort of a lapsed fan, casualish fan. I've been watching wrestling since I was four years old uh, and have more or less watched it my entire life. 
uh, from that point. Now I kind of keep up with what's happening online. I, I have two children under four, excuse me, under five. Um, so I don't have time to watch three hour anything. So I, I'm not a regular current watcher of any, any modern product. Uh, I would sneak through and, and watch what I can. I actually watched a little bit. Don't tell my bosses. I watched some at work today. Uh, so I kind of have some idea what we're talking about going into our SummerSlam preview. So I say all that to say this, I watched raw beginning to end for the first time. And I don't know how long, uh, really today prepping for, for this podcast. So, um, if our, if my opinion, especially on, on, uh, SummerSlam is off or, or out of touch. Well, there, that's why. Yeah. Well, so I, I do watch, uh, mostly, uh, so you're a free will and bachelor. Yeah. I don't know about free willing. Ladies. There you go. Hey, hey. Uh, but anyway, so for those of you that don't know, uh, you should really ask yourself why. But uh, SummerSlam is the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. Uh, and it is I always coming... maintain it's Royal Rumble. Yeah, it's, it's, I prefer Royal Rumble, but it's not the biggest. It's not the second biggest. SummerSlam, the buys, the... The buys, really, for, for SummerSlam beat Royal Rumble. Yes. Huh. Yes, they do. SummerSlam's That's always number two. Uh, Royal Rumble is three, and I th- actually, I think Money in the Bank is four now. Uh, I remember when that used to be on WrestleMania. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, so we've got uh, SummerSlam coming up this weekend. There is, uh, we're going to do a quick preview of this. I say quick, uh, we're, we're going to give you a preview. Uh, several different angles here, several different matches. Uh, first one that we're going to come up with here is the Miz versus Logan Paul. Now, as far as SummerSlam is concerned, there, it's wrestlemania light uh mm-hmm. so yeah. so Diet you're going to have celebrities in the ring with uh wrestlers uh this miz versus logan paul i think has two celebrities and no wrestlers yeah and no, one I'm of them kidding. happens to wrestle uh everybody i assume most everybody knows knows who uh, logan paul is youtube personality uh big with uh, the celebrity boxing he he uh, boxed uh floyd mayweather and didn't get knocked out so that's his claim to fame uh but anyway so we have miz versus logan paul on this um i don't understand where the creative is with this uh logan paul has so much natural heat yeah. uh, between him and his brother jake paul well, he's in the right. I, are they trying to make him a baby face? Or are they trying to make him a good guy? Like it's not going to work. That's what I've heard. Again, I have mostly kept up with current wrestling uh, via you know, internet, whether it be Squared Circle on Reddit or various podcasts. It's my understanding that Logan Paul wants to be a baby face. That's what I hear. Which is weird because he picked the right profession with boxing because he has a punchable face. I mean, he should. You know, <laughs> he's got natural heel charisma, which is hard to come by in any any capacity but especially as a heel um and i think he should run with that and maybe he will eventually but i think it's smart to an extent to have him sort of start his career as a babyface simply because traditionally the heel has called the match now i understand that things have changed a lot and there was a lot more pre-planning going into matches now uh, but you know i think um the miz is the right guy to have uh 
the early feud with, with with Paul because as Miz has some level of reality TV celebrity prior to his wrestling career and again now, I guess their show is still on. I don't know, but uh, so he has a link to that sort of reality C-list celebrity world that Logan Paul uh, inhabits. So he's a natural kind of bridge opponent, I guess, to really get his feet wet, Paul's feet wet in the wrestling business, and he's a good enough worker to give him a good match. Well, Logan, to his credit, is actually a pretty decent athlete. I mean, oh, he's, he's not, you know, he's not somebody who's going to go out there and flop. He had a, it, it was a believable match that they had back in uh, WrestleMania uh, as a tag team with the Mysterios. Uh, they, they put him in the ring with two ring generals, sure, and probably sure. one of them is one of the greatest of all time uh, in Ray. Uh, so I, I think that, uh, I think it will be a, an enjoyable one to watch. Uh, my prediction of this is going to be Logan Paul. Um, he signed a, Logan signed a new contract uh, that is supposed to guarantee him matches for the next five years. I have a hard time believing that his first one he's going to lose. Um, yeah. Also, I, I don't know that uh, – I'm not sure how the angle is going to be, but I, I just don't see Logan losing. Uh, no, I, I would agree with you. I mean, you know, you, you've got a guy who, regardless of his his match with uh, Mayweather, and that's does, is he going to box more? Or am I hearing, or is that his brother? Am I getting confused? Uh, his brother is actually going to box uh, Hasim Rahman's son. Okay, uh, it's Hasim Rahman Jr. Well, Eho Day, Hasim Rahman. It's in wrestling, and it's actually not going to be this weekend. It's going to be the following weekend. Oh wow! Okay, so that's coming up soon. Well, you know, regardless, my point is that with Logan Paul's uh, athletic background, he probably still needs a a win to get over to to start off with. I think you're right. I think that's going to be a a, uh, Logan Paul victory. Uh, Miz again is capable of um, carrying him probably through a match. I at least in the modern sense of the word. I was a huge – I know Miz has his detractors. I was one of them for a long time. But then I woke up one day and realized, man, it took time. But Miz become, has become really good, uh, especially in a heel role. And it's almost as almost as if professional wrestling is a skill that takes time to develop. And what do you know? He developed it. So I think that uh, Paul being good hands here, and I expect him to get his hand raised. I agree. Uh, next match we have is for the United States Championship. It's going to be Bobby Lashley. Versus theory, not Austin theory. Theory. Uh, now has he has he come? Did he start off as hypothesis, and now he's at theory, and uh, he's on the way to fact, he, or how does that? He has work? not made law yet. That's not for made sure. law. Okay. Well, so he's not. Uh, I wouldn't. He, I wouldn't recommend it. Not quite gravity. Okay. Uh, more evolution at this point. Uh, prediction that I have on this uh, is going to be Bobby Lashley. Uh, they have been mm-hmm. teasing. Uh, Austin Theory to take on Lesnar and Roman Reigns. They've actually been teasing him uh, joining Paul Heyman. Or Paul yeah, Heyman I saw that on him. Raw. Uh, so. And not to belabor this point or go into a Raw review, but that uh, that, that segment was got to be one of the best things I've seen on Raw in a long, long time. I'm going to pause. And we're back. Sorry about that. Had to do a little bit of cleanup. Uh, so back, back to this. Uh, yeah, I have Bobby Lashley... Uh, winning this, I, I don't think. Uh, I, I think that theory is just ready to move on. They have they have to build the United States Championship and the IC title back. Sure. Uh, it. I couldn't tell you who the IC champion is right now. I think it's 
Walter Gunter. Is it Gunter? Gunter Val. Gu- Sa- sadly, I watch and I don't know. Gunter von Walter Schmark. Uh, because I think the reason I know that is because I was showing my wife, um, you know, a picture of Abby. Or a picture of Abby. She doesn't need a picture of Abby. She is Abby. A picture of Walter when he first came into NXT and he had that uh, that big beefy look and now he looks it was great for him that he looks healthier I, I suppose but now he kind of looks just looks like another member of the roster he doesn't have that you know unique look that he had to start with anyway I mean, if you're looking for that monster heel I, I agree I mean that's the the bigger uh, soft body look that he had before. I well, hate I mean, calling it soft. It, yeah, it's, no, he was, he had that. You know, you and I are both from South Georgia. He he had that country strong. Exactly. Kind of, he looks like he's throwing a few hay bales in his right. Face. Yeah, functional strength. You know, uh, he's not old enough to have old man strength yet, but he'll get there. Anyway, circling back to uh, Theory and Lashley. Um, yeah, the the United States title and the IC title both need credibility, and the way to do that is to build it up through wins. I agree. Lashley needs this, and he also needs. As much as the belt needs it, he needs it. He had sort of a uh, inauspicious start to the year, uh, you know, having lost his his title, and then uh, he got some sort of an injury or had surgery or something around Hell in the Cell. I, I don't remember exactly what the particulars were there, but he kind of needs to be rehabbed himself a little bit uh, in, in the eyes of the fans. Uh, so I would think, anyway. So I don't I don't see any reason to take that off him, especially if, as you point out, they've teased Theory uh, joining the main event. Tease it so hard that people will be mad if it doesn't happen, right? There's exactly. there's a tease and like and basically saying this is going to happen, and that's what they're doing. So I don't yeah. think theory needs it. I think Lashley does, and I think the belt needs Lashley. I agree. I agree. All right. So moving on, we have the SmackDown Women's Championship. It's going to be Liv Morgan versus the baddest woman on the planet. So she says, Ronda, by God, Rousey. Um. I think in this instance, uh, there there seems to be so much said about Charlotte making a return. Uh, I know she's going to be in town. She's going to be in town. Yeah, she's going to be in town. Her dad, her dad, and her uh, husband are busy that uh, the next that night. weekend. Uh, yeah, I, I I think that Charlotte is going to make a return. I think she cost Ronda the title via DQ, and this sets up a triple threat for the Castle uh, pay per view coming up clash at the castle um i I just to me that that i I wouldn't say that that's necessarily something i would do but that's something that wwe would do yeah and maybe i'm looking at this through me colored glasses rather than wwe colored glasses but i feel like maybe Liv. i mean she she just got the title a month ago not long ago yeah but do do you think she is more than a transitional champion. I, I don't I don't know what they see in her long term. Not that there's not ability there, but I don't know that they see her long term as a title holder. So I think Ronda wins as well, but straight up and gets the title too, but to the same end goal of Rousey versus uh Charlotte. So if Ronda wins, you think it's going to be by submission or uh, Yeah, by probably pen? submission. I mean, she what well, her background with the judo and and the UFC fighting, I mean, you know, it's. I think the submission is the way to go. Okay. Well, time will tell on that. Uh, for the next up, we have for the Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. Um, 
both of them are very talented in the ring. I think that they're they both move the needle. For some reason, I'm just not seeing the chemistry uh, that I would expect to see out of a uh, a championship match. Um, I watched their uh, promo this last Monday, and it was just they were in MSG of all places, mm. and it was just the crowd went mild, and they were brawling. I I think that. Bianca's promos just aren't where they need to be. Now, she's still got a lot. She's very young. She hasn't been doing this, you know, as long as Charlotte or any of these others. But Not one of the four horsewomen. But I am going to say that I do think that their match is going to be good. I just don't think that their promos have been where they need to be. Um, So I'm going to go with Becky because I think they're going to keep pushing this feud down our throats. There you go. And it's going to go through Survivor Series. Um, and I think that because Becky was the one that lost it last time, the only way to keep it going is for Becky to get it back. Uh, you're going to sell, I say sell, but you're, you're going to generate a lot more interest in the product if a baby face is chasing a heel. Uh, and that's what that's they're the trying. That's the tried and true formula, sir. Well, yeah, just ask Corny. Uh, but I think that uh, Becky is is gonna win this one, and I would not be shocked to see Bailey return. Uh, it's it's getting close. I mean, she Bailey has been out since July of last year with a torn wow, that a- long, yeah, Gosh. with a torn ACL. And Bailey was before she got hurt, she was money. Now you mean in ring because she she had a on screen role. Um, as a, yeah, yeah, she hasn't been. Uh, some sort of an authority role or whatever. I want to say that she hurt herself uh, in training or something like that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so she's been out for a year. I think that this is a opportune time for her to come back. Um, so what, well, are your, I, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> well, you know, just as I said, I don't know what, if anything, the office. And again, that's all very much in a state of flux given, you know, the, the man revelations and his stepping down, but I don't, as much as I don't see, don't know what the office sees and live long-term as a champion. I feel the exact opposite way about Bianca. I think they see her as the future of the division uh, in a lot of ways. I think they see her as one of their marquee uh, women's stars or maybe marquee stars overall and with no qualifier. So I would say that uh, Becky doesn't need the win so much. She's been Becky two belt. She's been the man. She's, you know, she's set. Uh, now, I'm not saying she's never going to get another title run, nor should she. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I think a loss doesn't hurt her as much as it might Bel Air at this juncture. Now, if you're trying to save this feud for later, then you know the, the proverbial dusty finish, maybe, or a non-finish might be the way to go. But I see uh, Bel Air walking out with the title. All right. Well, next up, we have uh, Riddle versus Seth Rollins. Um you know, Matt Riddle has been the future now for, uh, what, two, three years? As long as uh, Dippin' Dots has been the ice cream of the future, which has been about five decades. Yeah, now. Dippin' Dots was started in 1987. Really? No. Yeah. You kidding me? I you know, you I, know, I clicked on that. one of those little clickbait articles. Okay. Oh, and yeah. Was, uh, yeah what Doctors was, hate, ice cream owners hate well, Dippin' Dots. Well, no, no, no. It, it was, uh, what was the snack food of the year that you were born? 
So I went to oh, 1987. Give me a little bit of your personal information. I'll show you some useless trivia. <laughs> well, okay. but anyways, I was like, Dippin' Dots was started in 1987. In Paducah, Kentucky, me. as a matter of fact. What about yeah. that? It's only yeah. sold in 14 countries. That's not much market penetration for something that's been around for well, 30 years, 35 yeah, years. There's one thing they want is penetration. Well, <clears throat> cut that, cut that. <laughs> um, well, so we have Riddle and Seth Rollins coming up uh Matt Riddle, I, I mean, let's be honest. Matt Riddle's one of the best in the game that they have. I enjoy Riddle. Yeah, he he's, has he's a lot of fun to watch. Well. I think I, I there's not a one to one comparison. They don't do the exact same thing, but I compare him to ECW uh, era RVD. Uh, he's that guy. Like you know, he's a, obviously a pothead, you know, stoner, just laid back kind of a guy. He doesn't have to be. Certainly not the, the old man mold of ruthless aggression, right? But uh, I think that he is somebody with a world of potential and uh, a great future. And people kind of forget he was a badass UFC fighter. I mean, he's legit, too, just like Rob Van Dam was in, in, in his own you know, kickboxing milieu. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of comparisons there. Sorry, I stepped over your prediction, though, I think. No, you're, you're fine there. I, I think that uh, – I think it's going to be Matt – uh, Rollins has not won a whole lot this year, right. uh, and I think he needs a win, uh, which is why it's going to be Matt Riddle. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. Vince isn't there anymore, so it, it may actually be Rollins. It's not either of their hometowns, is it? Because then you could tell. Uh, no, I don't think he's, either of them are from Nashville. Okay, good. Uh, Seth is from Iowa, and I don't know where Riddle's from. California, I think. Uh, a cloud of smoke. <laughs> cloud of smoke. He's from the heavens. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> But, yeah, I think that uh, if they're trying to be a, cl- a crowd pleaser, it's going to be Riddle. Um, yeah, but this isn't the spot in the card where you want to send the fans home happy, and I agree with you that Rollins desperately needs a win. I mean, we all saw the state of Cody's uh, chest during their – was it a Hell in a Cell match? What kind of match was yeah. it? Some sort of a match. Hell in a Cell. And, uh, and <laughs> Cody still won, <laughs> which I get they're pushing Cody, but – in order to remain a credible threat, you got to win sometimes. And exactly. I feel like Riddle is the kind of guy, his gimmick, his character, whatever you want to call it, persona nowadays, um, is one that can absorb a loss, you know, a few losses and not really be hurt because he, hey, he is laid back stoner guy. Um, so, you know, again, maybe not looking through WWE colored glasses, but through me colored glasses I, I would give the win to Rollins as well and I'm, that's what I'm actually going to predict so a while back uh, Matt Riddle actually lost to uh, Roman Reigns under a stipulation that if he loses he will never get another shot at Roman Reigns um, so I don't know if there's there may be something that they can tie into this after SummerSlam uh, where does Riddle go after SummerSlam if he, if he does lose where does he go um, I think that uh, Randy Orton, I believe, is getting close to coming back. Yeah, Do you really want to put him back in a tag team, though? I don't, I don't think so. Well, I remember when they put them together, and I was like, that's wasting both of them. Yeah. They, they both are – well, I wouldn't say Riddle's past that point. Orton certainly is. Um, and by that, I only mean in the way that WWE, and maybe more specifically Vince, looks at tag teams. They're here to break up and spin out a star. He doesn't want – I think – as FTR has shown and the Briscoe brothers uh, in, in Ring of Honor, you can certainly build a promotion around tag, a, a premier tag team division. Um, but uh, that has not been the focal point of, of, of WWE programming for 
a long time, if ever. Um, but yeah, so I, I would say that for Riddle, you spin him off somewhere else. Maybe he gets inserted into that U.S. intercontinental picture somewhere along in there. Uh, maybe this time next year we're talking about him with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Or, or maybe you know we're talking about building up Lashley. Yeah. Uh, Riddle and Lashley again. Uh, but anyway, so moving on, uh, we have the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. It is the ooh so against the Street Profits with special guest referee Jeff Jarrett. Because that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. If uh, well, he knows if, he's in town. If you have to, if you have to reach for Jeff Jarrett here. Uh, well, noted tag team expert. Or wonderful, wonderful referee. I'm oh, he's told. been known for his refereeing for a long time. I mean, you know what? Kind of his uh, his gimmick uh, well, yeah, outfit kind of uh, looks like yeah, the, the, the without the stripes. Male stripper. It was a Bischoff called it Venetian blinds. Yeah, right? it kind of looks like you know whenever they try to retire an American flag, you're supposed to cut it down the stripes. That's, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's kind of his. Burn it at some point. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, so it's there's the there's disposal. actually two groups that can do it. One's the Boy Scouts. The other's the American Legion. Uh, and that's by congressional charter. Well, uh, does that mean it's just scouts now, correct? There's no uh, qualifier on scouts anymore. Uh, on I don't know. You try to pass that. Team. You pr- try to pass that over in Tifton, Georgia, and see how far that yeah, gets no, you. I, uh, <laughs> that having been said. Um, <laughs> well, so I, I'm thinking for um, the tag team championships. I think the Street Profits are going to go over in this one. Um, they. As far as the future of the tag team division, I think the tr- Street Profits may be transitional just to give it over to another heel team. I mean, you got the Viking Raiders and Judgment Day that's being booked very strong right now. Uh, if you put them against the Usos, I mean, who are you going to boo? You're going right. to boo them all? Uh, so I, I'm, thinking, all. I'm thinking it's the Street Profits, and uh, they will go into a program with the Viking Raiders after. Well, you know um – and we'll get into this uh, probably a little bit more when we get into the main event. But so now this is certainly being defended as a unit. Both belts, both sets of titles are being defended at the same time. Is that I see under here it says undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship. So yes. that is now one title being yes. represented by two belts yes. officially? Yes. Okay. So this would be for all, all of the marbles. Um, now I'm going to say Usos, and here's here's why. Um, especially, and this is, again, sneaking into the uh, main event uh, predictions, if Roman loses one or both of his titles, again, I don't know how that's going to work out. We'll get to that. Um, then you might see cracks start to develop or maybe worsen in, in the bloodline where, uh, you know, Roman might come at the use and say, hey, where were you? I needed you. You know, you were too focused on defending your, but you've lost sight of what's really important here, which are my titles. You need to acknowledge that, uh, that that my belts are worth more than your belts, where were you? Especially yeah. if, if Theory cashes in, as everyone expects, and you know leaves Reigns potentially undefended or in a compromising position. So I'm going to say, for creative purposes, that you keep them on the Usos for right now. Gotcha. Okay, and this is actually the this next one. Uh, this is actually the one that I want to see. Uh, I want to see Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. It is a very surprisingly good build. Uh, that, that one, I think Pat McAfee is just money. 
uh, he, as a personality, if, certainly. If Pat McAfee would have chosen to be a wrestler instead of a football player, well, punter, I or well, yeah, um, I, I, I he gets it. He under no, he, yeah. he understands how to create promos. I mean, he he grew he grew up a fan. Sure. So and he you always un, he, tell he understands it. And Happy Corbin, <laughs> you talk about a gimmick that I just hated. Hated, hated, and then you know, it's it's kind of just like uh, you know, you stick around long enough, and I'll you know, I'll miss you when you're gone. It's the Umbop theory. You yeah, hate yeah, that yeah. song, but damn it, you hear it enough times, you're like, oh my god, yeah, how can I miss you if you don't if you never leave? Yeah. But the, this one, uh, I, I like Sticks I said, I, I, I like the build. Um, McAfee has been very entertaining. Uh, I think McAfee goes over. Um, what 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 are your uh, thoughts on this one? Well, again, to your point, I think McAfee is absolutely money as a personality. Uh, I sat through his podcast the on, for the only time when when Vince was on it, and um, God, I hated Pat McAfee after that. It was just money drawing. You've heat. got to watch money the, drawing heat. You've got, I mean, you've God, got to watch. Mighty. You've got to watch the one that he did with Brock. It, it's uh, you know what. You mentioned that. I think I did see at least part of it. I don't know if oh I saw all of it. It's but hilarious. my point is, I mean, yeah, I think I asked you after listening to that Vince one, I was, that was a thorough cleaning. I wonder if you found any polyps up there. Uh, <laughs> but he he is just such a money-drawing heel, potentially. And to me, this kind of boils down to where does WWE see McAfee's future? I don't know how old he is, but he's got to be in his 30s, right? He's not even older than that. Yeah, he's yeah, he's mid, not he's not super old. Mid 30s at this so point. So, do they see him so. as a semi regular in ring performer? In which case, I think they need to give him the win, much under the same theory as Logan Paul. Yeah, you, know, you don't mean much if you get beat right out of the gate. Which I understand. He's had other encounters in the ring before. It's not. Yeah, did he have a match at WrestleMania or what? What did he yeah. do? Yeah. Yeah. So it was. Uh, um, well, I know Vince came out and wrestled him, and then uh, Vince went over. <laughs> yeah, didn't he? He got he only lost to God by DQ, right? What was the, well, what was the finish there? That's a trick question. Isn't Vince God anyways? Well, I think you might have a severe uh, religious crisis coming your way if, if you feel that way. Yeah, just, Which doing, just doing the Lord's work, you know. Yeah, well, doing the job. <laughs> um, but, no, if, if they only see McAfee as an announcer – which is his, his primary role so far, a commentator, I guess, is the uh, appropriate term, um, then, you know, maybe you give – can you really have Corbin losing to an announcer um, if you're trying to do something with him? I, I will say this is apparently the best long-term storytelling WWE's done in years. I didn't know they, they were on the Colts at the same time. Exactly. Um, so kudos to them for that. Uh, that's laying some seeds real early on. But yeah, I mean, uh, McAfee <laughs> had a very solid match with Theory at WrestleMania. Right. The Theory, uh, that's what it was. And, okay. Uh, so, but yeah, you know, I, I joke that he's a punter, but he's an athlete. He's certainly an athletic guy and has the chops, I think, to at least be a semi regular competitor. So, for that reason, I would say you need to put McAfee over. Okay. And last but certainly least, mm -hmm. uh, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. Hey, did you take a breath after all that? Our Tribal Chief versus the Beast Incarnate. We're talking Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. I'm going to go ahead and pencil in versus Austin Theory in here. <laughs> versus Austin Theory. You know what? At this point, this is pretty much essentially a triple threat. I have a prediction on that. Please do. 
enlighten us. This is that section of the show. One. Roman's going to win. <gasps> Two. Theory tries to cash in and loses. Think about it. When's the last time that we had somebody cash in and money in the bank and lose? The last one I remember, and I could be wrong, was Damian Sandow, Ms. Dow, whatever, and you saw what happened to him. He was shit-canned shortly. Baron later. Corbin. Was it Corbin? Corbin. Okay. He cashed in. Uh, uh, I forget what happened on the – there was something – he got some backstage heat from Vince. It was in the interim where I wasn't really watching. Now, we had Ken Kennedy win it and then lose the briefcase, I believe, to Orton, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. So he – which apparently that's money in the bank briefcase is a title that you can lose now, which is stupid uh, because there was a whole match to establish it in the first place. But hey, not the point, not not the point right now. But um, <clears throat> but yeah, so so Happy Corbin was the last one, huh? Okay. Well, no, not Happy Corbin. Oh, well, Baron Corbin. Baron, was this uh, long hair Corbin, or was this? Yeah, uh, this was still long hair receding Corbin. Okay, so he looks so much better now. Oh no! At that point, you just need to lose it, buddy. Yeah. Just let it. Just let it go. Yeah, um, I could. I could definitely see it going either way. Um, I don't think maybe Brock does. Uh, I don't think so. They're they're if the plan is to put Cody over with Roman, right? You want Roman to go undefeated for as two strong years. as he can, yeah. Uh, so uh, I think that that is the match to make. Um, and honestly, I think Roman Reigns is doing some of his best work now. Oh, he's tremendous! It, he's tremendous. I remember when they were first shoving him down our throats with the uh, breakup of the Shield, and he was given awful material to work with. The suffering succotash stuff. Uh, Stands out, but he was just not comfortable on the mic. And I said at the time, he needs to be at every live event, even though he was hurt. Or maybe, this wasn't the the uh, cancer issue. This was he was he was hurt, I believe, uh, had an injury, and so he was going to be out for an extended period of time. I said at the time he needed to be on every live event they have with a microphone in his hand, just to get used to it off of TV. Um, now you know, seven, eight years later. Uh, here he is, and he is a fully, uh, fully bloomed product. He he is fantastic. Putting him fantastic. with Usos and Paul Heyman, I mean that's just this just been money. Yeah, uh, well, Paul Heyman, if you can't, if Paul Heyman can't fix what's wrong with you, you might not be able to be fixed. I mean, yes, my travel he, chief. He is. Yeah, I've always said that it's always a race for number two in the you know, greatest of all time managers because Bobby Heenan, there's everybody else. I've always said Jim Cornette was that next one. And and then it became Jim Cornette, okay, maybe Paul Heyman, maybe they're 2A, 2B. Just for the fact that he's had this career renaissance, and you know how much I love Cornette, I'm going to put Heyman even above Cornette now just for the sheer fact that he's still doing it. Well, you have to consider all the different people that he's been with, oh, all sure. the different people that he's put over. Cornette has, has, has done – now, don't get me wrong. I mean, you're not going to find – a you're definitely not going to find a better tag team manager Certainly. Uh, than Jim Cornette, uh, with all due respect to Jimmy Hart, baby. But I was thinking Paul Ellering, but okay. Or, or Precious Paul. Um, but uh, just, you know, the, the – the dangerous alliance. The oh, uh, most, every is there is there ever CM been a Punk. more underrated stable than, than no. the dangerous alliance? My God, I mean they were mired 
you know, totally in obscurity in, in 1992 WCW. So I mean, no way was getting over there. But my God, that's a that's a murderer's row. And mm-hmm. Larry Zabisco, it's amazing. And not only that, but even when when his people left him, they were that much better. Sure. Uh, when whenever you know when uh, like Brock's most recent run, the one that he's on now. Heyman had been speaking for him for years because he didn't want to do promos. Mm-hmm. But now the creative has looked at that and they have seen, hey, let's let Brock be Brock. Yeah. Let's let him wear his cowboy outfits because that's, that's who he is. Right. You know, he goes out there on the farm. He just he shows up, he kicks ass, he leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not only that, but you, if you listen to him, like I said, on uh, McAfee's podcast, he's a funny guy. Yeah, he's got personality. Uh, we just always, uh, for <clears throat> some reason, he's been built as just hating the business. It's just hating what he's doing. He shows up, clocks in, clocks out, and right. leaves. Yeah, he's good at it, so he can get a paycheck. That's all he really thinks about. Yeah, that. a physical specimen, <laughs> perhaps not so much on the mic. But you know what? I, I think that Brock and, and Roman are both doing some of their best work. Roman, definitely, but Brock. Roman is tremendous. Yeah, and, and Brock, if you could, if you told me in the year of our Lord, 2003, 2004, that Brock Lesnar would be legitimately over babyface. I'd laugh in your face. Yeah, and I mean, he just looks like a mean he dude. He looks like he should be. You know, it was uh, was it uh, Sin City, the comic books. Uh, you know, Marv. They talk about how he was born the wrong century. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he should have been born when he got wield a battle axe out on the battlefield. Uh, yeah, that that's Brock. Um, so you know, he has come full circle into a tremendous all around performer, which is exciting to see. Uh, I, as far as the the Heyman uh, reigns, I won't gush any more about Heyman because that could be a topic for another day. But um, just suffice to say that, uh, to your point, um, even Taz didn't want to start, didn't want to do promos till Paul made him, and now he's a commentator. You know, exactly. he's, he's done tremendously at it. He didn't want to talk at all. But we'll we'll get back to that. Um, as far as the Roman. Uh, Heyman Alliance, uh, it kind of is reminiscent of Heyman and Brock when Heyman turned on Brock and, and started managing the big show. Um, so I wonder, not that he's going to switch to Brock, but could we see him go to help Theory because I don't know that Roman needs him anymore. Roman can carry his own weight on, on, uh, on promos. Uh, he, he can stand on his own in that regard. So I'm not saying that's going to happen. I mean, that's not in my predictions. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm curious to see how that plays out and if that's in the in the cards. It's going to be interesting. Did you, you get know? your pre- prediction? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, you I'm did. Going, you said I'm Roman. going with Roman. Okay. So let me throw mine in here before I forget about it. I'm also going to say Roman with the caveat, if they're saving the belts for Cody on his return, as, as you know, you as you pointed out as well. Um, but this is the umpteenth Lesnar and Roman match. How many of those has Lesnar won? I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I know, is it, is I know the, the, fir- the first few it? that they had, he he won. Okay, but the, since Roman Reigns has been well, Seth Roman Rollins Reigns, won. Well, one Seth Rollins won one of them. <laughs> yeah, but um, but I mean, you know, is they've well, and and that's use, another thing, right? I think that. There's either going to be no cash in, or there's a cash in and they're unsuccessful. Because uh, there's already been one money in the bank cash in between these two guys, right? And 
And which was also teased pretty heavily up, up uh, uh, before it happened, if I'm not mistaken. But the crowd popped for it when it happened. Yeah, but of course, people nobody hated wa- Roman nobody Reigns. Nobody wanted to see it back Legitimately then. hated Roman Reigns back then because he wasn't ready yet. Now he's more than ready. Yeah. But um, anyway, um, that begs the question to me. Is uh, We talked about the tag team straps being unified. Is the are, are the main belts unified? Are they one title represented by two belts as the tag team belts are now? Because if if Theory cashes in, does he cash in for both? Or is he any... Pick one. I think he's uh, they're unified in the sense that boxing titles are unified. Is it an official well, title? Well, it's like the J-Cup. No. I mean, that's like yeah. eight different belts or whatever it was back in the day. It was one title, so you got all eight belts, and so you get the great picture of Ultimo Dragon and all these guys holding up all those belts. If that's the case, then, yeah, you probably save it for Roman, but if you can pick one off of Roman now, I would say cash it in for, for theory. Cash it in for one of the belts either the WWE World Heavyweight Championship of the World or the Blue Universal title, whichever one you don't want uh, Roman to have. Um, but but you can insert yourself into an already existing match. Right. So I guess if in this match they're both being defended and you cashed into that ma- – you cash in prior to the end of that match, you are now just a participant in the match? Well, one thing that Triple H has said to the talent since he's taken over is that there's going to be transparency. Uh, I need some answers on this. Right. It's unclear <laughs> to me what exactly Theory is capable of going for. I mean, is, is it, it is a title shot to win both belts. It's two title shots, isn't it? Or, excuse me, a champ- are we going to use the Vincisms anymore? A championship opportunity. Um, so yeah, that's another thing I hope that goes. Yeah, please, undeg- no one has ever said take me to the medical facility. I just stepped on a nail. Go, go to the hospital. What? Exactly. Anyway, I'm getting further afield here, um, but I do think that you need to take the belts off of Reigns at some point before what we all think is the inevitable Reigns Rock WrestleMania match, because that ti- that that is big enough on its own. It does not need the titles. And as I point out in my notes here, that creative capital could be better utilized to elevate some other match. Um, so, you know, if it's not here, it's got to be at some point, probably when Cody gets back is my guess, because that, that seems to be full steam ahead before he got hurt. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll say Roman as well. Okay. Well, that uh, is all that we have for today's show. Uh, first first go around, what do you think, J.D.? Well, it, it – Went I think pretty quick. It? I think, yeah, I just looked at the times. Like, oh my god, we've been doing this for almost an hour and a half. Where are we? Where are we at? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, this so that, that's great. Um, no, I think this is exciting. I, I'm happy to do. If this. nothing else, it's cathartic. Yeah, it, it gives it gives my wife a break from hearing this at home. So <laughs> yeah. she's gonna be a big fan. She won't listen, but she'll be a big fan <laughs> of the fact that I'm doing this. Uh, shout out to Abby Vandalay out there. Uh, well. From all of us here, we wish you all adieu. Adieu.